Hey everyone, and welcome to the All It Takes a Goal podcast, the best place in the entire world, including all of Canada, to learn how to build new thoughts, new actions, and new results. I'm your host, John Acuff, and today I'm going to teach you how to break through the four spots goals get stuck. Now, if you listen to the episode of my podcast from January 9th, I share that goals aren't really that complicated. They only take four simple stages. You want to know what the stages are? I'll go ahead and tell you so you don't have to jump back to that episode. I think you should because you'd love it, but here's what they are. Dream, plan, do, review. If you want to accomplish any goal in your life, you do those four things in that order and you will finish that goal. Dream, plan, do, and review. So what do those stages mean? Well, we defined them with a question. Dream is, what do you want to do? That's the question you're asking is, what do you want to do? Plan is, how will you do it? Do is, are you, are you doing it? Are you doing it right now? Are you doing the thing? That's, that's do. And review is, did it work? Did the things you were doing actually work? Now, in a short, dare I say, action-packed episode, we walked through each step and we ended up with a question, a central question. Okay, why doesn't everybody use these stages? If they're that simple, if they really work, why doesn't everybody just do that? It was a bit of a cliffhanger. I'm going to be honest with you. It was like, boom, boom, boom. And then you come back for a part two. Most people actually do use one or two or even three of those stages. They just get stuck. I don't mean that in the general sense of the word stuck. I mean, there are four specific places that four specific people get stuck when it comes to goals. The people, the type of person I'm talking about are number one, dreamers, number two, perfectionists, number three, procrastinators, and number four, hustlers. Today, I'm going to tell you where each of those types of people get stuck and what you can do about it if you're one of those people. Now, if you want to listen to the previous episode, we'll link that in the show notes, of course. But if this is your very first time listening to my podcast, you don't need to hear that episode first. You can jump right into this one with no delay. Just jump on in. Now, it doesn't help you if I give you this simple dream, plan, do, review model, and then I act like there aren't any obstacles or pitfalls. There, there are. So let's go ahead and identify them so that we can break through them, so that we can avoid them. We'll start with dreamers. Dreamers get stuck in the dream stage. That might be the most obvious thing you hear all week. That's where they get stuck, in the dream stage. Dreamers are amazing at this stage. They never need help coming up with goals because they already have a million things they want to do. This hit me recently when I was working with a group of people on their goals And none of them came with blank pieces of paper. The bigger issue was they came with paper that had five goals, 10 goals, 100 goals, 50 goals. They had a ton of goals that they wanted to do. Dreamers are amazing at this stage. I was at the bank recently and the teller asked me what I do. I told him I was a writer and he immediately said, oh, cool. I've been working on a horror trilogy. He's not dreaming about one book. He's not dreaming about two books. He's dreaming about three books all at the same time. Now, he's not making much progress on any of them. I didn't get the general sense that he was going to finish them, but he's dreaming. He's got a lot of books he's dreaming about. Are you a dreamer? Better question. Are you a dreamer stuck in the dream stage? So what if you answer yes to that question? Well, one easy solution to this dilemma 
is a deadline. Dreamers need deadlines. Let me say that again. Dreamers need deadlines. If you're a dreamer and your goal doesn't have a deadline, you will never move to the planning stage. That's why dreamers have a better rate of success at a professional goal than they do at personal goals. With a professional goal, like a work goal, a corporate goal, like goal related to your job, there are deadlines. A boss holds you accountable. A client holds you accountable. A project holds you accountable. You have all these built-in natural layers of accountability. And then when you transition to home and your personal goals, you don't recognize that, wait a second, one of the things that really helps me as a dreamer is no longer present. There aren't any natural deadlines. So the dreaming never ends. Why? Why would it? It's fun. You're good at it if you're a dreamer. So first bit of advice. If you want to break through the dream stage and you're a dreamer and you keep getting stuck there, add a deadline to your dreaming. And the deadline can be anything. It can be date related. It can be a conversation with a friend. It can be any layer of accountability. But you need a deadline because if you don't have a deadline, the dreaming stage will never end. Your creativity will never say, you know what? That's enough. That's enough. Like we found the end of our creativity. You will never come to the end of your imagination. Like you'll never come to the final part of your imagination in the same way that like we joke sometimes, like I finished the internet, like I went through the entire internet, the internet doesn't end. Your imagination doesn't end either. So if you're waiting for, you know, your creativity to go, hey, hey, it's time to move to planning. It will never tell you that your creativity will never tell you that your imagination will never tell you that you have to set deadlines. And sometimes those are hard to set. Sometimes those are challenging to set. I'll give you an example of one that really helped me recently. Over the Christmas break, I knew that, okay, I was going to try to take two weeks off. I am a workaholic. It, I'm a work in progress on my workaholism. How about that? That's a, that's a good way to say it. I don't naturally take vacation easily. I like to go, go, go. I, I have like one, I have two gears really, like nothing and like nitro or neutral and nitro. I, I told you before, my, my youngest daughter said, dad, you only have two speeds, um, OCD or no CD. Like I'm either really focused or I'm not focused at all. So it's hard for me to stop. Like when I'm in motion, it's hard for me to stop, but I had a bunch of big projects that I needed to finish and I could see this deadline of, okay, December is coming. December 16th, I want to be able to shut down the office for two weeks and be present to my family, be present to my friends, be present to the holidays, all the things. And so that really gave me like a month of motivation. I was able to move into the planning stage on a number of goals because I could see this big deadline. Now, it was a deadline I created. I don't, I don't have a boss in the traditional sense of the word where like somebody locked the office and I couldn't come in and somebody forced me to take vacation. Not at all. I could just see that on the calendar. And now not only did it work so well, because I'm thinking, okay, wow, that really helped me. I wonder if it could help me the rest of the year. That's what's really fun. When you learn something about yourself, self-awareness is when you learn something about yourself and then you do it again. So I learned this Christmas over this break that, oh, a deadline really helps me amp up and finish and then shut the thing down. Like I did a great job of being present. I actually had a vacation. I didn't like sneak work in. That's something I do sometimes. Like it's terrible. Like if Jenny, if Jenny starts cooking dinner and she's amazing, she's such a great chef. But if she starts cooking dinner, like this happened fairly recently. I wish my examples of me being a knucklehead were older. You know, I was there like 30 years ago and I'd be like, oh, this was something I worked through. Like, no, this, this happened like two weeks ago. Um, 
she started making dinner. And so I sat next to my daughter who was working on some homework and I started writing thank you notes um, to my speaking agents. I've got, you know, a speaker's bureau that books me to speak and I was writing them thank you notes because that was on my to-do list for work. And McCray, my youngest daughter said, dad, what are you doing? And my wife, Jenny, immediately said, oh, he's sneaking in some work. He's sneaking in some work. And I was like, ooh, busted. And she was right. It was like seven at night. And I was like, don't mind if I do. Jenny's a little distracted. So when I say I'm a workaholic, I tend to sneak in work. That's one of the symptoms. Again, work in progress. But having the deadline of vacation really helped me focus. And it helped me move some projects from dreaming into planning. So now I'm going, okay. Where are some other moments like that? Like, can I do spring break that way? We have spring break with um, my daughter, McRae, in March. Ooh, can I use that to move me beyond dreaming into planning in a couple places? Can I use that as a deadline? Are there some July vacations? Are there some other times in the year that I can figure out how to be motivated by a vacation deadline? If you've ever gotten something done the week you were going on vacation, you know that feeling. Like you ramp up, you amp up because you've got a deadline. That's the power of a deadline. And they're really helpful if you're a dreamer. Now, where do perfectionists get stuck? Well, perfectionists get stuck in the plan stage. That's where they get stuck. Perfectionists love the plan stage because you can plan for years and years and years and never, never actually do anything. For writers, okay, let's, let's pick on writers for a second. This is when the outline for your book is immaculate. Oh, it's so good. But you never write a single page. Like you've got all 300 pages outlined, like you have a note that says on page 287, the main character is going to have a mustache. Like you have this huge outline, but you never transition to the doing stage. For entrepreneurs, this is when you've got the most detailed business plan in the world, but no customers. The business plan is gorgeous. Actual business is non-existent. I know people that have worked on their business idea for 10 years. A decade of being in the planning stage, they've never moved to doing. For people who want to declutter their house, this is when you go to like the container store or maybe Ikea and you buy 23 different sized bins for all your stuff. Like you have a bin that's just for paper clips and you have a bin for your pencils and you have a bin for business cards and a, and a bin for decorative flowers. Like you just, you have so many bins and you come up with a chart and you do an amazing, it's color coded and then you never clean a single drawer. Like your plan is perfect. You just never actually do it. Now I need to be real for a minute. Have you ever purchased a daily planner, especially at the beginning of the year? Like you want this year to be different. So you buy some sort of complicated system or notebook and you swear, this is it. This is my year. I'm going to do it. I'm doing it this year. You fill it all out. Maybe you organize it. You put little tabs on each section and then you've forgotten it exists by like March. Have you ever, have you ever done that? Did you be honest? Did you do that this year? Is there, is there like a planner? You're listening to this right now and you can see a planner from where you're sitting. You're like, Ooh, no problem. Me too. This is a safe place. This is the safest place actually, because I do that worse than you do. How do I know? Because the other day I looked on my bookshelves and I realized I had 10 different life planners. I had 10. That's not an exaggeration for like podcast effect or shtick. I counted 10. And, and that's not a criticism of any of them. I mean, I, I think a lot of them were probably excellent tools. How could I criticize them? I never use them. Like one of my favorites that I found on my shelf is called the Monk Manual. It's 
gorgeous. It's so well designed. I think it's designed by monks, maybe, or like it teaches you how to be like a monk. I'm not entirely sure because I didn't use it. Another one is called Oak because I think it teaches you to build like sturdy goals or like deep roots or like, I don't know, the giving tree book. I I don't know what, I don't know what it is because I didn't use it. They're both amazing tools. I feel like I need a separate life planner that teaches me how to use life planners. I need a life planner planner. Can someone, can someone create that? A life planner planner? I'm a perfectionist. Now I used to get stuck in the plan stage all the time. I've learned some tools that have helped me get out of it over the years. I even created my own simple notebook that's amplified my productivity a ton. It, it should come out later this year, but man, is this a sticky stage for people like us. There's one thing I want you to know as a perfectionist, one soundtrack I want to give you. Remember what a soundtrack is? A soundtrack is my phrase for a repetitive thought. It's a thought you listen to again and again and again. They could be helpful or hurtful. Now, there's a book I wrote called Soundtracks. It's all about mindset. It came out recently. You can pick up a copy anywhere books are sold. Or if you're like, eh, I want to check this book out. I just want to jump into buying it. Amen. I get that. Soundtracksbook.com. You can read the first chapter for free. Soundtracksbook.com. Now, what happens when you're planning is that you'll often listen to a broken soundtrack that says, I'll do this goal as soon as I have all the information. As soon as I have all the information, I'm going to light the world on fire with how much doing I do. I'm going to do all the do. But I, I have some news for you. You will never have all the information for your goal. Let me, let me say that again because I like to be repetitive. You will never have all the information for your goal. We haven't lived in an all world for a hundred years. There's too much information for you to have it all. It's changing too quickly. It's growing too quickly. I think the stat they say is like Thomas Jefferson was like the last person or one of the few people that had read all the books. Like there's some weird, it's probably fake, but I think it's an interesting metaphor at least or analogy or simile. I get those confused. I think a simile involves the word like, but don't quote me on that. But there was a time when you could be like, oh, I've read the seven books we have. And we're like, oh, thank goodness, Gutenberg printed seven books. But we haven't lived in that world in millennia. You can't have all the information, but you can have something. You can have enough. If you ever feel stuck in the planning stage, I want you to remind yourself, when I have enough information, it's time to do it. When I have enough, like when I have enough. Now, what's enough? Well, it depends on the situation. I mean, you have to decide that on a case-by-case basis, but just know this. There is no all, only enough. There's no all, only enough. That's what happens to perfectionists. Now, procrastinators, on the other hand, procrastinators get stuck in the do stage. Any procrastinators listening today, maybe listening to this episode like three months from now? Yeah, yeah, me too. I, I, I understand that. Do you know what procrastination is, though? Let's define it because the definitions help us discuss things and get on the same page. Here's how I define procrastination. Procrastination is the art of living life later. Procrastination is the art of living life later. You'll run the miles later. You'll clean the house later. You'll meal prep later. You'll call that difficult client back later. You'll write your pages later. You'll connect with your spouse later. You'll record your podcast later. You'll fill out the LLC paperwork later. You'll read the book later. You'll go to the gym later. You'll put away the laundry later. Procrastinators never make it through the do stage because they're constantly pushing that action into the future. 
We procrastinate for a variety of reasons, but sometimes we procrastinate because we imagine something is going to be so much more difficult than it really is. For 10 years, every time I started a new Microsoft Word document, the very first thing I'd do is change the font. The default was Calabri, which I, I hate. So I'd open the blank document, and then I'd go up into the, the file up top, and then I'd change it to Cambria. And I assumed that changing the default setting was a difficult process. Like I was going to have to write line, lines of code. Like I was going to have to hack Microsoft to change the font, the default font. So I changed the font manually about 20,000 times. That's not an exaggeration, by the way. I create, on average, five new documents every day. I'm a writer. It's a big part of my job. Over a 10-year period, that's 18,250 times that I changed the font. I mean, that's a lot. That is a lot. One day, after a decade of procrastination, I finally Googled, how do you change the font in Microsoft Word? How do you change the default font? It took me about 30 seconds to do it. 30 seconds. I did something 18,250 times instead of taking 30 seconds to fix it one and for all and then never do it again. I procrastinate. If you do too, let me give you a funny soundtrack that's helped me. When my kids come to me with a problem, like can't find my phone or I don't know how to access my homework on the school system or I don't have anyone to ride to the football game with, I always ask them this question. Well, what did you try? Essentially, I'm asking them, what did you do? What action did you try? What action did you take to solve the problem? If they didn't try anything, I will jokingly ask them, remember that soundtrack we say? Because we say soundtracks around our house. And then they will groan. They will groan because they know I'm always quoting soundtracks. And as they're teenagers, like sometimes people on podcasts, when we would promote our book for teenagers, which is called Your New Playlist, it's Mindset for Teenagers, which... I think should be taught in every school in the country, in the world. Kids need to learn how to change and control their mindset. Anyway, we'd be on podcast and podcast hosts would be like, hey, what's it like having an amazing dad, a dad who's teaching you soundtracks at the kitchen table? And my kids are like, oh, geez, they're teenagers. They're used to my stuff. They're a little tired of my stuff at times. But I'd say, hey, what's that soundtrack we say? And then they would groan and I would tell them, you tried nothing and none of it worked. Now let's go try something together. That's the soundtrack we say. You tried nothing and none of it worked. So now let's go try something together. I use that soundtrack myself when I'm procrastinating. Like I do. Like when I say to myself, oh, this situation is impossible. It's too hard to focus on right now. It'll never work. I know I'm about to enter the land of later. So I'll say to myself, what, what did you do? If the answer is nothing, I'll say to myself, well, you tried nothing and none of it worked. Now let's go try something together. And then I'll usually go back to the planning stage and figure out something to do. Last but not least, hustlers get stuck in the review stage. Stuck is probably even the wrong word. Like it's not even the right word. Hustlers just skip this stage altogether. Why? Well, hustlers are obsessed with do. Like, the stage that they love the most, if you're a hustler, if you are somebody who likes to get it done, you're obsessed with do. They want to grind. They want to go. They want to be in motion. Less talk, more action. Red Bull, monster, Celsius in my veins. And I can get into this mode sometimes. I know I'm in that mode when I get mad that I have to go to review meetings. 
This is a little funny to talk about because my team listens to the podcast, but they'll tell you sometimes if I'm in the middle of a writing, like the writing zone, and I'm, I'm firmly locked into the do stage and I have to break that to go to a meeting, I show up like a dark little storm cloud because I'm a hustler and I don't want to slow down to review anything. Like, let's just go, let's just go, let's just go. Can you relate to that? Here's another example of what that looks like. Do you ever underline, highlight, or make like notes and books you're reading? There's some passage you really appreciate and you scribble down something. Most of you listening right now would say, yes, I've, I've done that. Now, second question, how often do you go back through all your notes and do something with what you wrote down? Do you ever review the parts you've noted? I think about that when I see parents filming like a second grade school performance. I have a 17-year-old and a 19-year-old, and I confess that I've never once gone back through the terabytes of data and watched a second grade school performance. Like I never sit down with Jenny and go, hey, what do you want to do tonight? Do you want to watch like Netflix or something? She goes, no, let's find a hard drive um, from 2011 and just try to connect that to a computer and watch a terabyte of a fuzzy, shaky second grade school performance. It's a classic case of me being so busy documenting a moment that I miss the moment. I remember seeing someone film with their iPad and it was like they were watching a live stream of a moment they were actually at. We never go back to those videos and we never go back to our books. I don't go back to books that I've underlined, which is funny because it invalidates the point of underlining it in the first place. I don't do the review. Like I read like 60 books last year. Why did I say like? I read exactly 60 books last year. When I underlined a section I really liked, my thought process was, oh man, I really want to remember this. But if I don't ever review it, of course I'm not going to remember it. Do you think that me putting a little pin mark in one of the 60 books I read in a year is going to make me remember it? Of course not. I forget what I underlined in 24 hours, never mind remembering it for any length of time. I'm great at doing books. I'm bad at reviewing books. Greg Sankey is great at both stages. He's the SEC commissioner. I'm talking football, not finances, which means he's the CEO of a $775 million a year company. Crazy to me. So how do I know he crushes the review process? Because he sent me a two-page Word document with his favorite parts of my book, Soundtracks. He talked about his process on my podcast when I interviewed him. We'll link to that episode in the show notes. So how does Greg review books? Well, for years, he would finish a book and then personally type up all his notes. He created files on each one so that he could take that learning with him instead of just leaving it inside the book. Then when his kids got older, he hired them to type up the files. He would pay them per book. And he said it accidentally gave them the greatest leadership education because they were typing up the best parts of the best books in the world. I love that. I'm going to try that with some of the books I read this year. I say some because I know if I say all, I won't do it. My goal is to read 66 books this year. If I can review 10% or six books roughly, that's a win for me. Why am I so passionate about the review? Because I realized a few years ago that I was an idea hoarder. I was amazing at the do part of idea generation. Like I'd scribbled down more than 1,500 ideas in my notebook every year. And then I never review them again, which means I was just hoarding them with absolutely zero purpose. Now though, I've got a creativity system that hums. I've dialed it in. My creativity system does not mess around. The key here is for hustlers. If you're a hustler, you've got to schedule time to review. You have to put real time into that activity or you'll never do it. So if you're a hustler, this week, find a 15-minute block of time to review a goal you're working on. Just 15 minutes, start there. 
Those are the four places different people get stuck. Let's review because reviews are fantastic. Dreamers get stuck in the dream stage. Perfectionists get stuck in the plan stage. Procrastinators get stuck in the do stage. And hustlers get stuck in the review stage. So which of those people are you? Are you a dreamer? Are you a perfectionist? Are you a procrastinator? Are you a hustler? Which of those are you most likely to lean toward? I say lean because I think at any given time in our life, we can be all four. Years ago, I would have said I'm a perfectionist, but I've worked my butt off over the years on that part of my life. I've made some progress there. I'm getting better at believing that momentum is always messy. It is. It's never as perfect as you want it to be. It's less of a perfectionistic idea and, it, and momentum is always messy and kind of sloppy. And, and so I'm working on believing that. Okay, it's messier than I want it. I want it to all be under my control and I want it to be perfect, but momentum growth always comes with mess to some degree. So right now I'd say I'm more of a hustler. I tend to shout, let's go without much of a plan and absolutely zero review. I just keep my head down, go, 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 go. So I'm working on that. How about you? That's what I want you to think about over the next week. Which stage is your best? Which stage is your worst? And what kind of goal getter are you? If you're a dreamer, get a deadline. If you're a perfectionist, get enough information. Not all the information. If you're a procrastinator, try something. If you're a hustler, schedule 15 minutes for a review. That's it. I think you'll be really surprised by what happens when you do that. Thank you for listening today. We'll put all the links in the show notes as always. And thank you for reviewing my podcast. Here's one from 10 and dollar sign seven. I think it's a family name that I loved. He or she, because that could be either way, said, this is one podcast I never delete without listening to it first. Akif is upbeat, encouraging, and lovably goofy as he strives to make his listeners not just better leaders, but better people. His guests are interesting and inspiring and relevant. I write down at least one, oh, I must remember this nugget of perfection from every podcast. Thank you so much for saying that. Thank you to everyone who's writing reviews. I love them. I love them. I love them. Thanks for doing it. And I'll accept lovely goofy. I'll wear it. That's fine. I'm, I'm cool with that mantle. Let's go. Please make sure you subscribe or follow so that you don't ever miss another episode. I'll see you next Monday. And remember, all it takes is a goal. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the All It Takes is a Goal podcast and to get access to today's show notes and exclusive content from John Acuff, visit acuff.me slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the All It Takes is a Goal podcast.